0: Welcome to Yellowface, a conversation about our Asian American experience. My name is Jason. I'm an editor in New York.
1: My name is Diane. I'm a chef in New York City.
0: I remember the time when you used to say chef slash writer. And do you, are you no, still like writing chef? Writer. cook slash writer? Got it, got it, got it. Are I you- was,
1: I was, um, I have like major imposter syndrome. So even if I'm a chef, I still think of myself as a cook.
0: Huh. But you're fully a chef.
1: Well, the thing is, it's not even, like, internal. I mean, it's imposter syndrome. Half of it is, but half of it is just, like, forced humility. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people mistaken my forced humility as lack of confidence. Yep. What they don't know is that I'm actually inside very confident, but I've been taught my whole life not to show off or to... Be overconfident publicly. Yep. So, FYI, guys.
0: You don't need to tell me to like get some confidence. Yep. Well,
1: I recently got some pep talk from some people because they asked me. I think so. Everyone's okay. So the news is, I'm I'm temporarily relocating to Mexico City um, to work on a food project. And anyway, it's been this whole. Really burying
0: the lead. I'm really heartbroken. Well,
1: I mean, you know, you're back. You'll be back. With my tail between my legs. No, No, but I've been talking about it, and like, of course, people have been asking me, like, how do you feel? And it's my, it's not my nature to be like good. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I feel great. I feel so excited. I know that I should be gracious and honest. But that is just not how I was brought up. Mm-hmm. So instead of being like, it's great. I have to say something that is slightly self. What's the word? Like. What's the opposite of self aggrandizing?
0: Oh, like self-flagellating, like yeah. take yourself down a notch, exactly. like oh. self-flagellating. Uh oh.
1: So it's like, why? well, people be like, it's such a cool experience. And then I have to say, oh, well, you know, it's just, I change. don't know if the
0: contract will come through. Cool. I don't know yeah. if it's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I'll come back with my tail between my legs. I, I mean, you just did that. Yeah.
1: And I think a part of it is just like, I just hate, I don't like bragging. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know you know how it is when you're Chinese yeah
0: yeah yeah totally you're
1: not you're not you're just not self-congratulating yeah
0: yeah yeah do you think it's also that like because I know this is true about me Mm -hmm. if it does work out in a different way than you would have hoped then it's not like you've built it up in this way that like like the come down is not so far if you've not like built it up in that huge way
1: yes it's like don't hype it
0: up sure that's exactly, I feel you exactly.
1: But I mean, like, that's what our parents did. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, you know, even if you've been studying piano for, uh, like, 14 years, you've been going, like, every weekend for six hours a weekend, and someone goes to your mom or dad, and they're like hey, um, I heard Jason's pretty good at playing piano, and your mom will just say, oh, mama, hoo hoo." Yep, 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 yep. In espanol, mas o menos, mm-hmm. in English, like, so so, so, so. You know, like, exactly. You, you just, it's to keep expectations at a manageable mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. And it's also to, importantly, appear... Modest, yep, yeah. so not to say that I'm secretly immodest, but I'm not a hundred percent modest either,
0: right, and you're not as insecure as maybe you might present,
1: no, yeah, I am insecure from time to time, but I'm also like I'm at a point in my life where I think true insecurity is slowly being overcome by like lots of hard work and therapy and also like you know internal dialogue
0: totally totally and I think that there is a fundamental difference between insecurity and or lack of confidence and imposter syndrome like imposter Mm, syndrome to me is like there is this bar that has been said that is so high that is so amazing that is so exciting and you know logically that you deserve it and you've gotten it but there's this party that is afraid that you maybe can't reach the bar yes which is very different than insecure. lacking confidence or right. being insecure
1: exactly so i definitely have imposter syndrome sure. at all times yeah Uh, I think that that is just, like, sort of how we feel when we're minorities in our home, right? Because, like, we're not supposed to, or not even just being minorities, but there's not a lot of representation of people who are like us, who do, who are succeeding in the ways that we would like Mm -hmm. to see ourselves succeed. Sure. You know, it's like, there's not a lot of examples always. Yeah. But what's been really nice is, um, at least in the food world, there are so many Asian people now who are renowned for their skills and their, you know, personas and, um, the work that they've achieved and, or the success they've achieved and all that. But, at the same time, I think it's like even then I still feel the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. because I myself am like, it's literally about the the um, bar I set for myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's like the same way I felt in school, whether or not in a B is good is like totally subjective actually you know what i mean it's like your school will tell you there are like it's a b c d whatever right the grades that you earn but how you feel about the grade you earn is totally up to Mm -hmm. you so while i could probably just be okay with the b i'm not yeah i'll always want the a whether that comes from having like Expectations from parents, or feeling Asian guilt, or whatever, owing my family something, forever. Um, yeah, that's where my imposter syndrome comes from. Yeah. It's unachievable. Right. Whatever it is, I'm trying. You to. know
0: what's funny is that like, I sometimes experience imposter syndrome, and it's funny because imposter syndrome has. Um, at least in the imagination so been considered like something that happens to women.
1: Yeah. Um, really?
0: I think so. I don't think men supposedly, but as a gay man, you know, like it's yeah. a little bit different. Well, yeah. So, I um
1: Do you feel it at work?
0: I feel like it's a, a work thing oh, and only interesting. because interestingly, like recently I've entered this job. Recently I've been on this job for like 4 or 5 months. Yeah. Um and it is a job where um, I am the boss of older people, people who are older than me, Wait, people who've been there longer than me, and they are people that I boss. inherited and did not hire, which is a very weird. different dynamic. Yes. You know what I mean? Obviously, than like hiring somebody. So who... someone.
1: So someone got.
0: So removed, basically, or... I think that there was a structure where like. They were reporting to the editor-in-chief, and the editor-in-chief couldn't do it anymore. It yeah. was just, like, too many people, so they needed a deputy. deputy. Anyway. Um, somebody who was part of the interview panel told me, you know, we had a debate about whether to hire you or somebody else. Internally. Not internally, okay. externally. And I just wanted to let you know that I was a real advocate of your being here because it might be easier to imagine, and might have been easier for some other people to imagine a bearded white guy in this position. Mm-hmm. But Ugh. I think that just because you're not that person doesn't mean that you can't be in a boss or managerial or mm-hmm. whatever position. And I that's think that's a
1: weird thing to say. That was
0: meant to be
1: reinforcing that was meant to be
0: helpful and encouraging and whatever imposter syndrome you're feeling don't feel it but to me I received it more as like I received it partly as that and I also felt like okay I wasn't thinking about that at all like I felt fine about it I felt like the normal weird feelings you feel about inheriting a team that's older than you And has been there longer and that you didn't hire, but I did not feel the like, oh, I'm not a bearded white guy. So like, then how could anyone take me seriously until you just said that? And
1: you don't think that it triggered something that you were maybe feeling like, um, that well, I guess you just said that you already had, I had
0: the other stuff, but it wasn't any, it wasn't race based you okay, know I right. like yeah, none yeah, of it yeah. was I was like yeah, 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 yeah. I like if I, I felt any weirdness about it it was like the weirdness of maybe my age mm-hmm. or where I had come from which was an organization that um at least in perception is not as um uh, rigorous in its approach to this kind of stuff like that maybe I'm like oh maybe they just think I'm like the unserious young person Mm -hmm. but I didn't think like oh I'm like the young Asian person and it like it's funny that like that made me feel almost like my imposter syndrome was tethered to my race only because I can't control how other people perceive me and I don't Mm -hmm. think that I'm any lesser than because I'm Asian. But maybe some people think that like having an Asian, like non-bearded boss (laughs) is a less authoritative boss to have than a bearded white boss.
1: I also think that this person may have been projecting what they think you're feeling about it. I think so. Because I think that it's almost less about the assumption that other people are questioning your authority because you're not a bearded white man. I think it's more that this person doesn't want you to feel insecure that totally. you're not the bearded a white man. A million percent. Like,
0: I think that I think it came from a really well-intentioned
1: mm, place. It, I think it. Came Came from also a place of like um, massive assumptions about sure. how Asian people must feel in like like these types of situations, mm-hmm. um, or it was a way of like trying to connect with you and bond. Like, hey, dude, I get it. I get it. like, yep, you're cool. You're not just some beard, you know. Which is also problematic.
0: Totally.
1: Okay. So what was
0: your response? It was actually very measured. I was like, all right, well, thank you. Okay. But I felt like it was like meant to be like, I'm giving you this gift. Like, I think he meant it as like, we're so happy to have this diversity of experience. And we're like giving an opportunity to somebody who maybe at first... Blush would not be somebody who, like, would. would be in this position. Okay,
1: so he was patting himself on the back. A little bit. So he's the kind of person who likes to talk about how diverse his company is.
0: Maybe. Maybe it was a little bit, but it was, I think it was, like, I think it was trying to achieve several things. Yeah. It was, like...
1: Like all the things that you just said. Yeah, it was, like, all
0: of those things. And I I didn't, like, react badly. I kind of took it it actually just made me a little bit anxious and made me feel like if I didn't have imposter syndrome before, now I have it. And well, now it's okay. like about a race
1: thing. You know, it's really funny. I actually do think that a lot of times while we are working through our, our grappling with maybe some kind of inherited imposter syndrome okay. that we already have, that other people don't help. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a lot of internal stuff. But sometimes it doesn't even, uh, like, this, okay, so, I, so basically something like this happened to me very recently. Mm -hmm. So I had this pop-up dinner, and it was, like, all Szechuan and food and food inspired from my Yunnan trip, and honestly, I was so confident about the whole night. I was just, like, it was beautiful. It didn't go off without a hitch. There were many issues, but I felt like we pulled through. I was really proud of the food we delivered, even though again, there were issues, right? And I was giving a friend a ride home in an Uber. And in the Uber, um, she was just like pumping me up about my move and like giving me a pep talk and all that. And then she said something, my friend's Asian by the way, She says something that gave me imposter syndrome also, or triggered it. She said, even though the other people I was with who were white, that she brought, they didn't understand your chicken dish. But I told them, this is her culture. This is her experience. Like, it's not made for you. And what's funny is, um, and it really bothered me, not because of what she said or that specific incident it's that i realized that in this whole experience i never once thought about how people were relating it back to my race or whether or not people would understand it because they're not you know what i'm saying like it i just it's like any person who would cook dinner for an event just like you're just applying for a job sure it just happens to be Chinese food, right? Because it was themed, right? But it wasn't tethered to my uh, my identity, mm-hmm. like or my um, experience as an Asian person. Sure, it literally was was my craft and my work, and yeah. yeah. But it's it's funny because I think that a lot of times it's like people perceive you based on how you look so Jason is obviously Asian and Jason and if you're they know of your sexuality they're like obviously Jason's gay so therefore he's forever just this Asian gay guy mm-hmm. who works in publishing or whatever mm-hmm. and that's all that you probably are concerned about or that's how you present yourself and that's like the only thing you identify with mm-hmm. just like how I'm very obviously Chinese or Asian I'm very obviously proud of my culture and heritage but I'm not using my food as like it's not so much a
0: like I don't walk around thinking I'm gay Asian in publishing like that the primacy of that is like so it just happens to be that way and I'm just living my life and like whatever comes out of it obviously will be tied to that but that's not the, the way I like see things or present things or work toward anything right. and like i feel like there's this there's this sort of notion of like a double consciousness when you're a minority that like all you see is the world around you but then of course the world reacts to you looking mm-hmm. and being a certain way and so you have to be conscious of that and like knowing that you're not just observing things you're also like a minority, minority living in right. this world like being this thing and To go back to that comment, when that was said, did you feel almost like, oh, I I guess you're right. I am, like, a different culture, cooking a different thing for not your culture, but I never even thought, like, it's not for you because, like, it's for everyone. Well,
1: so here's the thing, like, if they had not understood the chicken or if they didn't like the chicken dish, I literally would not have it be, have it reflect on I, I wouldn't I wouldn't reflect on that reaction as like some kind of race
0: thing race thing yeah like, it's
1: literally like oh well I didn't season the chicken sure, enough like, sure you know yeah. and for me like I never I've never worried about whether or not people would get it yeah because I don't cook for people to get it right I don't cook for because I want people to it's be it's yummy well-fed. sure so I think that what that triggered for me was thinking like Am I not considering how people view, like, do you know what I'm saying? I hear
0: what you're saying. You're like, what I want to deliver on is yummy food. And if I fail at that, somehow- like, to make it, like, a race thing is a, is, like... Not the game, yeah, that I wanted to play or signed up to play.
1: Now I can't present the food in the way I want because it's somehow going to reflect poorly upon my entire culture Mm -hmm. if it's not received well. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, they don't, I'm not making it digestible for them.
0: It's like, oh, suddenly they don't get or enjoy Chinese food or Yunnan food or like because you didn't do it
1: versus like I just didn't make a good dish sure sure
0: sure I see what you're saying
1: like I'm just I'm just not the kind of person who ever is like they just don't get it right unless like they make it very specifically about
0: do you have to get food you think
1: I mean No, like you, I mean, for you have to, I think that, yeah, I mean, I do think that for some people, they probably don't get it, but it's not my problem. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I don't ever feel like I need to like explain or teach them or whatever. I it's, it's not going to make them like it more. Sure. They don't like it. They don't like it. They think it's under season. It's under season. Just like if you don't get this job, you're probably not the right fit. If sure. you get this job, you're probably the right fit. But suddenly, like, introducing that extra thing, in, you know, about you not being a bearded white man and me, like, not feeding people who get it is, like, this additional thing that now makes me feel... It's too I much. How do I live up to that? Well, it's, it's our job. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't want to now, su- like, sub... Subject myself to, like, this extra bar. Yeah. You know what I mean.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
1: can't we just be like everybody else and just make food that some people like and some people don't like? Now you have to make food that people get. Also, mm-hmm. I you can't just be a good editor. You have to be a good young Asian editor who's not white and beard. You know, it's like gosh that's heavy and that's annoying
0: that is minority status in america in a nutshell it is like we never asked for this
1: we never asked for this but we also i think a lot of times i mean like i said my friend's asian and she came up to bat for me like very defensively because i think that we sometimes do it to ourselves too and that's what i mean it's like sometimes I think people are trying to help us Mm -hmm. and help embolden like us and make us feel more confident about our who we are Mm -hmm. but sometimes you're just pointing out something that like
0: you weren't even thinking about I wasn't even thinking about do you feel like you would have preferred if she'd not even recounted that whole thing to you
1: I do. I, I understand. I mean, obviously I understand where it comes from. And it's not even about the criticism. Because literally, like, I'm not, I'm not immune to, like, criticism. Sure. I get it. Like, not everyone's going to like my food. Not everyone's going to care about what I care about. I think it's more that, like, there's this extra pressure now of having to prove something to people that I didn't previously think I... I didn't even give give a shit about yeah, it. Yeah, that was
0: the yardstick. Like who knew? Oh. Yeah.
1: yeah. I was just like proud and excited to cook food I love. And I think sometimes like when you start caring about how you are perceived or what your work, how you're defined by your work. It's inevitable to ever to to think about it, but if you started thinking constantly about how your subordinates, is that Yeah, me? that's <laughs> But if you're subordinates, how they're reacting to their younger boss, like let's not even get into the race thing. Their younger, you know. God, it's I. That
0: would literally just put me in such a fucking
1: state every single time I did anything. Exactly. Like it's
0: too much. Totally. You just like get in your head, like.
1: And you know what? They're probably nobody cares. Exactly. Maybe in their heads, maybe one of them is like, "God, my." Uh,
0: millennial like, FFDF, <laughs> right, so right right right
1: and then you could just be like that guy who's like hey boomer just uh, Okay, boomer. Yeah. no but
0: seriously but also it's like even if somebody is thinking that it doesn't serve me to know it or care like I don't know what to do with that information besides just like doubt myself or feel like I'm being second guessed and you're right like in that situation it almost is like
1: it's counterproductive. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes I, I do think when we have conversations about being proud of our heritage and and our ethnicity and whatever race, blah blah blah. I think that <laughs> a lot of blah blah. I mean, it is really blah 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 sometimes. And <laughs> now it's like I think it's important to talk about it, and it's important to vocalize when it's when you want when there's something to say about it. But I think that we can't also allow it to, this sounds so controversial, what I'm about to say, but if it's always top of mind, I think sometimes A, people become deaf to it also, and B, it doesn't, In the end, even though I know this world is unfair, I want people to like me for me. I don't want them to like me because I'm Asian mm-hmm. the same way I don't want them to hate me because I'm Asian
0: mm-hmm. totally
1: right yeah, like you want people to respect you because you're not or because you're good at what you do sure. And you don't want them to feel like they have to respect you because you're Asian. Right. Or to secretly hate you because you're Asian. So, sometimes it's helpful to also just, I don't know. I don't want to say to not talk about it either. That's not what I mean. But I think we can acknowledge, we shouldn't be embarrassed or ashamed of our of who we are but we should also celebrate all the other things too right like I don't know I feel you
0: I think it's a little bit of like also feeling like some people feel more comfortable about doing it or talking about it and acknowledging our race because we are so vocal and we're happy to talk about it. But it's sometimes not like synchronized when other people feel comfortable talking about it and when we feel comfortable talking about it. And like, do I need it to be brought to my attention all the time? Probably not. Yeah. But maybe there is like, some freedom that somebody else has or feels that they have to talk about it with me because I have brought it up so much on my own terms. And so when it's brought up on someone else's terms, it can just feel jarring.
1: That's true. I think that in some ways maybe we put ourselves in, like, I think maybe we project ourselves as being people who are, um, actively talking about it all the time mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is
1: actually not true it's hardly
0: ever honestly. well i mean i
1: talk about it a lot but i i don't i guess i don't use it as like a way to defend my food does mm-hmm. that mean or defend my yeah, food. yeah 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 i don't use it as like a, a scapegoat for anything or reason <laughs> right You don't
0: like my food because you're racist. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, exactly.
1: Like, I use it as a source of inspiration. I use it as... It's like my story. Sure. But I also don't use it as a crutch. And I think that is the thing that I maybe I don't like. I think that sometimes using it as a crutch engenders the imposter syndrome because you're constantly reminding yourself like if you speak to yourself in a manner that is like well i'm being treated this way because i'm asian or this is happening to me because i'm asian in some ways you kind of feel like you're unable to achieve things in the same way that other people are able to because you're already being singled out as being different mm-hmm. and whether or not that's true i feel like sometimes it's doing the mental work of also like
0: putting a barrier up putting
1: a barrier up yeah, yeah, and not listening to the voices because i think that ultimately like i hate to say it sometimes like when i watch these interviews with kanye i still like i'm obviously still annoyed with everything that went down with the MAGA hat and like all of his crazy talk but sometimes when I I watch his interviews I kind of can relate to what he is saying especially these days Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to his idea of empowering yourself and not victimizing yourself and all that I think that to his point it's like yes, like we understand that we're victims, not we, but you know, he's speaking specifically about black folks are victimized by, well, our history. But I think he's trying to say like, but you can also find ways to like uplift yourselves as well. Because the biggest problem is, is like, Right now, we're all waiting for someone to lift us up, right? But if they're not going to do it, are we just going to, like, stay down forever, you know?
0: And you feel like that's applicable to your own life.
1: Of course. Mm-hmm. I think that if, like, if I were to constantly worry if my food is accurately representing my culture or people get it, I wouldn't be even cooking. hmm Because that's so much pressure. I don't need to prove myself like that. Totally. I just want to feed people. And you know what? They're not all going to like it. They're not. They're not. Dude, I feel weird and fucked up bringing up Kanye. I feel like it's like... (laughs) But I honestly... I, I want you to watch some of the interviews he's done recently.
0: I'm so turned off by him, Diane. I
1: know. I was too. But I do think that he is... I mean, he points... Out a lot of things like you know he was he's always been part of like the call out culture yeah. of systemic white racism yeah. and we like everybody celebrated him when he did that and then he had like a smile mental breakdown or he said like unsavory things yeah. and he got majorly cancelled yeah. it is kind of like crazy that we do that you know Like, no one's afforded, like, mistakes.
0: I think that there's, like, nuance to it, I guess. I feel like you're still giving him a second chance. People are still in Kanye's corner. I think that me, personally, I feel like he kind of, like, lost the plot a little bit. And it's hard for me to feel like I... Care or want to listen to what he has to say, but I feel you like.
1: Well, I guess it's not me. He wasn't really speaking for us about anything or to us, but. You know, like I only feel it from an outsider's perspective.
0: Right. Right. Um. But you mean among like the black community, he's been like disowned or disavowed. Um. I don't know. Actually, um, I feel like
1: there's a lot of like, um there's a lot of support for him also because I think that. I think that like, obviously, I know we're going off topic, but like, I think like, ultra, like, us like ultra liberals and stuff. I think sometimes we view it through our own lens of privilege, like he's not saying the political things that benefit our, like our political standpoint. Um, Therefore, he's canceled. Mm -hmm. But it's like... But are we also listening to maybe some of the things he's saying that ultimately he is saying to empower black people? Sure. I don't know.
0: Nobody is all good and nobody's all bad. And like, I feel you.
1: And nobody's just an Asian... Editor who's younger or than his subordinates, yeah. or I feel a white bearded like, yeah. man.
0: Right. I know. I'm so excited for you in Mexico. Thank I'm so you. sad. But
1: Sorry, I we went off on me. a Kanye tangent. No, no,
0: no, no, no. I think that, like, I haven't paid attention to what he said in a while. So, like, that's well, amazing neither. That well, were, neither like, did I. I was how not, did you even get into that?
1: Well, he had a, an interview with. Um, shit. I think it was like either with Ebro in the morning or I forget. Like he had an interview with someone, and he said some really interesting. He made a lot of interesting points. I was surprised. Huh. I expected to hate it. Oh. But I was pleasantly surprised. Interesting. Minus all of his like extremist religious stuff. But right.
0: We'll send me a link. It's kind of heartfelt. I can too. keep an open mind.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Well, all I right. love you. Love you too. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.